0: Alrighty, so today in Conflict of Laws, we're talking about the traditional theory of Conflict of Laws. Uh, The traditional approach is not utilized very often by the states anymore. It used to be completely utilized, but now only a few states use it. I think maximum of 10 states use it, but don't even quote me on that. It might be significantly less than that as well. But it's pretty much following the first restatement of uh, the Conflict of Laws. And our way of approaching the traditional approach is, first, we need to understand what the issue is. And this is going to be a characterization of whether or not the issue is based off of contract or based off of tort. And then we're going to want to make sure that we have a connecting relationship between uh, the uh, choice of law rule and then the claim and that issue that we are trying to resolve. And then we're actually going to apply that law or that rule uh, to that connecting factor uh, to resolve the issue. Okay, so even though those are outdated approaches, we are still going to cover them more significantly. In this episode, we're going to be focusing on torts and how the first restatement has helped us understand how this works in the field of torts when the issue is characterized as a tort. There are two types of torts that we've talked about in the past and we will talk about here. Those are going to be unintentional torts and then intentional torts. And they may, well, for the first restatement approach, they are treated as the same. It doesn't matter whether or not they're unintentional or intentional. For other approaches, though, it does matter whether or not that tort was intentional or not. So let's go ahead and actually just start with talking about unintentional torts. This is going to be in the field of negligence primarily. We have a case, Alabama Great Southern Railroad Co., uh, versus Carroll. This was a situation where Carroll uh, was a brakeman. He was injured by the train. Uh, the everything was done in Alabama, except he actually sustained his injury in Mississippi. So his recovery is actually based off of what state applies, because in Mississippi he has no recovery, uh, because the negligence was based off of a coworker. There's a certain doctrine that applies. It would be unfortunate for him. But if the law is in Alabama, he has recovery. So he's trying to win in Alabama. That, that's the whole point. Uh, everything was done in Alabama. Contracts done in Alabama. Uh, domicile is in Alabama. Uh, does most of the work in Alabama. He just does a little bit in Mississippi. Now, the issue for him, though, is that he was actually injured in Mississippi. According to the first restatement, and this case, the court, what they say is It doesn't matter where the action started, but ultimately it's where they ended up finishing. Where was the injury actually felt? The injury is felt in Mississippi. That's the law that is going to apply. Unfortunately for the plaintiff in that situation, because that is the law we're applying, no dice for him. He's out of luck, at least against suing the railroad company. He can obviously sue the co-worker, but... Uh, that would probably result in less money to be obtained because um, companies are going to have more money than co workers are. We have another case. This is uh, briefly Levy versus Daniels U-Haul uh, Drive Auto Running Co. Pretty much it's the exact same case except it's a uh, rental car rental company who contractually agreed to be vicariously liable for accidents that were caused in another state. Uh, The state that the uh, company uh, was organized in was Connecticut. They had a law that said that you would be vicariously liable. And if you went into the other states, what the first restatement would say then is you agreed to be vicariously liable in that state, so you are also going to be vicariously liable in the other states even if those other states don't have laws that match up exactly with what Connecticut have the first restatement sections that are associated with tort is going to be sections 377 through 79 382 384 through 87 uh, and 390 through 391 essentially what these sections are going to say Uh, And according to section 377, the last event necessary to make an actor liable is going to be the place of wrong. And all the other sections are pretty much saying, for this type of tort, this type of tort, this type of tort, where are you going to look? It's going to be the place of wrong. And our definition for the place of wrong is the last event necessary to make an actor liable. So that is going to be typically where the injury is felt. Okay, so now let's talk about intentional torts. We have a case here. It's Bullard versus MRA Holdings, LLC. And this is a situation where... I just want to double check. Yeah, so they still follow the first restatement approach in this case. Uh, This was a situation where a female went an underage female went on uh, spring break uh some negative things happened in Georgia uh she uh came back to Florida uh Georgia uh, the people in uh, yeah the people in Florida ended up uh posting negative things about the girl and she wanted to sue for appropriation of likeness And she wanted to do that within Georgia. And the filming, everything, pictures taken all in Florida, but she was actually injured and felt that injury within Georgia because that filming and pictures were distributed throughout the United States, including Georgia. Now, the thing about this, though, is that this was an intentional tort. There was no negligence involved, anything like that. The men knew what what they were doing, and as a result, there are these considerations. This is intentional. And now we have a question of, because this is intentional, should the tortfeasor be sued in a place where that intent actually occurred? Georgia, in this case, says no. As we're going to look in future cases that's not the uh, situation exactly with the different theories. Another thing about uh, intentional torts is that it could induce a forum shopping, and this is something the courts generally oppose. Forum shopping is where the plaintiff goes and chooses where the forum is going to be. So, for example, the plaintiff in this situation wanted to sue in Georgia, but if she wanted to sue in any other state where uh, the material was distributed. She would have been fine in doing that, and the courts don't want you to form shop. We have another a case just very briefly. This is called Mara versus Bush E. Uh, in this case, the court just said that the place of injury was also the place where the conduct occur- occurred. This is just an example of how the tort intentional tort works in one of the different theories. Conduct and injury. In that situation, are going to be the same place. But for the first restatement, you're just focusing on where the injury is going to be. That's going to be the place uh, where that's the last event necessary to make an actor liable. That's going to be called the place of wrong. And that is going to be the law that you end up using when it comes to deciding which law is going to resolve the conflict. Have a good one. Bye.